We've known the blessing of that here, and um, trust God will will use that <clears throat> to help them see the greatness of God and and advance His cause worldwide. <clears throat> if I were to tell you tonight who the Antichrist is, how would it affect your life? If I were to tell you tonight who the Antichrist is, how many of you have ever had any idea who the Antichrist might be? Anybody? I was getting, no, never mind. (laughs) You can ask me afterwards if you want to know what I was thinking there, all right? Um, uh Oh, is right, all right? There are and have been many, many speculations about the Antichrist. <clears throat> and and when you deal with the Antichrist, it's mentioned throughout throughout Scripture um, in in first John chapter two and verse eighteen, John said, Little children, it is the last time And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, and then he went on and said, Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. And so John, in his epistle, made reference to Antichrist coming, but also said there are are many that are um, against Christ, the the very term antichrist is a term that has two meanings meaning against christ or in the place of and really both are both meanings apply antichrist is against christ and he is raising himself up to be in the place of christ to be worshipped as Christ is worthy of the worship. And, and so in, in looking at this, um, throughout the scriptures, um, we have references to this. And the reality is that there's quite a bit in scripture that's said about it. But we say, okay, some are really intrigued by it. Others are saying, I'm not that interested, so why are we looking at this tonight? I think it's important in the days that we live, and not only in the days that we live, but in understanding prophecy, to understand who this individual is, the characteristics of him, because um, we don't know who he is, and anybody that tells you they know who he is, um, is um, on the wrong end of the limb, okay? Um, but the reality is, in understanding this, it helps us to be able to see some of the pieces that are coming together in our world today. It helps us to be alert to these things. And we're going to look tonight at um, some of the characteristics of the Antichrist from from Scripture. We're going to quickly go over these 
Um, if you want more details on this, we'd be happy to get you this. And then we're going to deal with, okay, what does all this mean to us as believers? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and you'll notice in verse 6, verse 5, he said, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth or restraineth will continue to let or restrain until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, in those few verses, we find written to the church at Thessalonica some key instruction. It says the Holy Spirit is the one that is holding back evil. The work of evil is present. It is actively at work. And the ministry of the Spirit is holding that back. He is the one that restraineth. When he is removed, that wicked one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. And then we have a brief, concise um, synopsis of what happens to the Antichrist. It doesn't go into the details that we find in the book of Revelation. But it says, when the Holy Spirit is removed, which takes place at the rapture, We, as believers, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are caught out, and the Holy Spirit is no longer holding back evil. I mean, thank God the Holy Spirit yet today, as much as there is evil, the Holy Spirit is holding back evil to a certain degree. He'll be taken out of the way. After the rapture, the Antichrist will be revealed. Then... It says, at the end, the brief synopsis, the Lord shall consume him with the spirit of his mouth. That doesn't sound like much of a battle, does it? I mean, it's not much of a battle. You, if, if you're in wrestling, a guy goes out and pins a guy in six seconds, he didn't even work up a sweat. I mean, it's done. It's over. God is not going to work up a sweat winning the battle of Armageddon. Winning the battle. It's not like, oh man, we better get our generals together and plan this. He will consume him with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Don't you love that? I mean, that is, poo, right there. It's done. So there you have the whole aspect of it. But going back and looking at various aspects of the Bible, <clears throat> what does the Bible Tell us, number one, he will be, Antichrist will be revealed after believers depart. He will have great speaking and leadership abilities. There's various passages that allude to this. We're just quickly going through this tonight. He comes to power as a great peacemaker. Isn't it fascinating 
Every president that I can remember takes it as a personal mission to try to bring peace in the Middle East. I mean, they want to build their legacy by bringing peace in the Middle East. Um, There has been and there will be conflict in the Middle East, but can you imagine what confusion there is going to be in the world when the Lord comes again? Um, just a minute, if the Lord were to come tonight, I'm fairly confident, based on the testimony, that Vice President Pence will be gone. Just that alone, where'd the president go? The vice president, I mean. Where'd the vice president go? I mean, just that alone. But can you imagine when believers are gone, the change that it is going to bring about and and the chaos that there's going to be? Number one, that's like saying sickum to evil. You know what I'm saying? These radical religious people holding back abortion, holding back gay rights, holding back this and that. I can't wait till they're out of the way. They're not going to sorrow for people being gone that oppose that stuff. And there is a deep-seated hatred in the Middle East for Israel. And this guy is going to come along and he, he will have great speaking and leadership ability. And he will come to power as a great peacemaker. He will bring a peace covenant that um, he will set up with Israel and the <coughs> excuse me the other nations, <coughs> and he will bring peace. He comes to power as a great peacemaker. What else we know about him? He will be assassinated or violently killed and raised back to life. Who does that sound like? See, he is the anti-type of Christ. He is the... Satan doesn't come up with anything. He copies God in everything. And, and so even in this, but that will have a profound impact on the people... After three and a half years, this peace treaty that has been signed with Israel and the other nations, he will invade Israel and will desecrate the temple. We'll look at some of these things as we go on further in our our study and prophecy. He will be totally controlled and energized by Satan. The forces of evil will totally control and energize. He will set himself up as God to be worshipped. He will rule the world for three and a half years. He, He will gather all the nations against Israel and against God. He will fight against Christ. 
when Christ returns, it won't be much of a fight. And as we read in Second Thessalonians, he will be consumed by God. He will be cast into the lake of fire. This man will emerge after the rapture, probably to calm the chaotic waters troubled by all the events that will take place. He will be primed and ready to speak. He will stand before not only a nation, but the world, and will win their approval. And as has happened before in history, in the midst of crisis, people are very vulnerable to a a charismatic man that appears to have the answers and the solutions. He will have pragmatic answers and power to unite the world, but this is a horrible individual with a blasphemous, steady stream of filthiness coming against God, coming out of his mouth for three and a half years. He does everything he can to wipe out Israel so that he can... Thwart under the influence of of Satan the purposes that God has for Israel. Do do you understand God made definite promises to Israel and, and Satan is trying to stop those so that he can stop the truth of God. He, um, does everything he can to, um, claim the world as his own, to claim the worship of the world. He does everything he can to slaughter the saints who refuse to take his mark and worship him. But speculating about who this individual is, is not wise for us because he will not be revealed until after the rapture. And um, it is important for us to understand that Satan has his purposes, but God is ruling over all of those purposes, and God will be exalted. Now, we see certain things coming together, and we see how, how could this man come and, and bring answers like this? Do you understand the world today has no answers, and they are desperately looking for answers. And each day that goes by, it's, it's like we're becoming more ripe for the, the atmosphere, the environment, if you please, for someone as the Antichrist to step onto the scenes. But we ask, so what does all this mean to me? Number one, and we can't emphasize this enough, there is definite spiritual warfare that is going on. If we could get a little glimpse of the warfare, Satan hates God. He hates hates every human being because every human being is made in the image of God. And every human being is a reminder to him of God in the sense that that person 
can be brought into God's family. That person can be a voice that that praises God. That person can be an instrument as a weapon of warfare used against Satan. And this spiritual warfare is going on, and it will it will cover the earth during this time. But we need to remember that God is in control. It shouldn't fill us with fear. We need to remember that God is in control. And um, there's not a bird that falls to the ground, but what God knows it, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And he raises up and he puts down. And we need to be reminded it will get worse before it gets better. It will get worse. In this world, it will get worse before it gets better. Now, where do we fit in? Where does the rapture take place? As we've said before, and we'll say again, the rapture does not mean that we won't endure persecution, because there are all kinds of Christians tonight around the world enduring persecution. It doesn't mean we're free from any tribulation. It means we are free from the wrath of God, which is the seven-year period of tribulation that we read about. This understanding the Antichrist reminds us that there will be a one-world government and one economic system eventually in the world. Whether that system comes into place before the rapture or after the rapture, um, there may be instruments There are all kinds of indications that we're rapidly moving toward that, Um, rapidly moving toward um, just technological things that will make it possible for all of this to be. The whole world, we need to be reminded of this, the whole world will attempt to do battle, literally do battle with God. We think there are people doing battle with God. Can you imagine the whole world actually saying, let's go kill God? Can you imagine the the folly of that? But the whole world is going to do battle with God. And Jesus Christ overwhelmingly triumphs. This This is how things are going to end. And in, in realizing that, so, we had best be 100% sure that we belong to Jesus Christ and have a strong, growing faith. You say, well, um, yeah, I, I understand belonging to Christ, but we're not going to go through the tribulation. We're As a believer, we're not going to go through the tribulation. If you are not a child of God, you will go into the tribulation. I can't think of a more horrific nightmare than to think I was a child of God and to have 
the rapture take place and to know what we know and know that I am left here. That's why it is important that you know that you are a child of God. I'm not saying, yeah, I know I prayed a prayer. I'm saying, is there evidence in your life that you are a child of God? Is there a desire for the Word of God? Is there the discipline of God in your life? Is there a a difference in your life since you've come to Christ? Honestly, a burden of my heart, it scares me to death that that there are people that may have come for years to this church that they have it here, but it's not here. It is important that we know, not because someone... T- yeah, you prayed a prayer when you were seven, don't you remember? No, it's not. I better know that I have a growing strong faith in Jesus Christ and without a doubt because if we don't we'll be entering that period of tribulation these things <coughs> have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life this is to me Matthew 7 many there will be that say to me in that day lord lord In your name we did many wonderful works. In your name we cast out devils. Then Jesus will say to them, Depart from me. I never knew you. They never were a child of God. That that tells me we can do a lot of things that would be praiseworthy. But do we know that we are a child of God? Are we 100% sure of that? And then our job is not to identify the Antichrist, but to rescue those headed for his kingdom. You understand? People you live next to and people you work with, And relatives of yours will be living under the reign of the Antichrist if they don't respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God help us to be content. Oh, I know Christ and and I'm going to heaven. I'm content with that. God help us that we aren't content with that. God help us that, that we would be burdened as Christ is. For the lost. Why has God left us here? He gives us these details and not fine details. But he gives us this about prophecy as a warning, as an understanding, so that we would redeem the time because we understand the days are evil and the days are short. It is important that we realize our job, what God has called us to, is not just to keep the godly principles, but our job is to walk with Him so that we can make a difference in the lives of others, that they can be rescued from an eternity with the Antichrist and the trinity of evil. 
And, and we need a spiritual awakening of a brokenness for the lost. And we need a, a spiritual awakening of, of courage that we would speak the truth in love for God's honor and glory. I mean, we cannot imagine the vile blasphemies that will be spewed against God in the reign and the power of the Antichrist, but it will all be brought to an end. There's no question about it. We know who triumphs. We know it's not even close. We know it is um, already guaranteed, and faith is the victory. But what are we going to do about it? What does God want you to do? Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit would stir our hearts to the reality of the evil that will someday be reigning and ruling right here in Sheraton, Iowa, right here in Iowa, in the U.S., and around the world. And Lord, I pray that the glorious message of your forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ would be made real in every one of our hearts. I pray that you would use us to bring the truth of the good news of forgiveness in Jesus Christ to others. And Lord, I pray that many would be brought to righteousness in you. Lord, thank you that you triumph, that you've already won the victory. Thank you that we know how things end. And Lord, I pray that we would be useful vessels in your hand. Lord, we plead your mercies that we would be what you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Our heads are bowed.